one of the biggest things is just not craving anything. And I mean, when I mean anything, I mean, I have some patients that food dominated their entire day, their entire life. Like, what am I going to eat today? I don't know if I should eat that. Is that going to be okay? But all of a sudden they feel the free space. They're like, I don't, I feel like I've been released. And that makes me so happy for them. The other thing is not drinking alcohol. I have some patients who drink alcohol literally every night to the amounts that were super unhealthy. And they're like, yeah, I don't need that. I, I really don't crave it. Also quitting cigarettes. I mean, these are things that y- y- I had no idea we were going to get to this level. And if you look at some of the research, they're really using semi-glutide for addictive behaviors, especially alcoholism. So it's some really, really great indications for the future other than, you know, the weight loss world. This is Get Personal with Dr. Chris. Real life stories and informative conversations, helping you take control of your health and feel like yourself again. As we start a new year, we want to take a second to look back on 2023. We had a lot of great guests and interesting conversations on the podcast this year. And I, along with my son and podcast producer, Anthony, wanted to return to some of our biggest takeaways from them. No topic was bigger than semi-glutide. So in this episode, I reflect on what has been nearly two years of treating patients with it. We discuss how people have done in the long term, the surprising and enduring positive effects, as well as some of the risks, especially when dosing and lifestyle factors aren't properly managed. We also touch on the other peptides, many of which the FDA has now restricted. And some of my biggest lessons from our interviews this year, including using daily doses of CBD and a variety of magnesium supplements. Finally, we talked about how to look back on your achievements in health and life in general, and how to prepare for another year of learning, growing, and feeling like yourself again. So today we're, we're wrapping up the year and talking about the biggest topics that we talked about on this podcast. And clearly number one was semi-glutide mm-hmm. for us and for like the whole rest of the world, really. Yes. So you've had some time to treat a lot of people with it. You've seen people go through the whole course of treatment over like months and years. So mm-hmm. what have you seen? I'm a little surprised at how positive semi-glutide has continued to be in my practice. I mean, since I've been in the health industry for a very long time, (laughs) I mean, we're talking late 80s, early 90s, 90s, 2000s, there's always something. There's always like the next best thing. So it's easy to think that this is the next best thing and that it's going to be in and then out and it's going to be a trend and then nobody's going to use it anymore. And, but I mean, it has definitely been a solid part of my practice for the last year and a half to two years. And I've seen it work. 
obviously people have lost weight, but I've also seen really great health positive changes. I mean, I've seen people, their blood sugar lower, their hemoglobin A1C lower, which is obvious because that's what it's supposed to do. I mean, physiologically, but I've also seen lipids lowering, which overall, that means their cardiovascular health is improving. The other thing is, you know, we do a body scan like every three months if you're on the program. So we do it before, we do it at three months. And if you stay on the program for six months, we do it again specifically so we can monitor what's going on with, you know, how much body fat are you losing? Are you losing muscle tissue, et cetera? And obviously, if you lose 20 pounds, some of that's going to be muscle, right? This is obviously going to happen. But what we've seen is the ratio of muscle loss to fat loss is is positive. In other words, you've lost two pounds maybe of muscle tissue, but you've lost the rest as body fat. This is a really big deal when it comes to weight loss. And I think that part of that is because when you're using semi-glutide, it improves your metabolism by improving the way your body is going to utilize insulin and the way your liver is going to work, releasing glucagon and all those things. But it also doesn't snap your energy as long as you're making sure you're eating properly, which we are coaching and advising all of our patients, you know, eat protein first, make sure you eat, even though you might not be feeling super hungry because it does curb your appetite. But I ask all of my patients, you know, are you exercise? What are you doing for exercise? Make sure you're, you know, are you using weights? Are you continuing with lifting weights? And they are. So I think that's been a really, really big deal is being able to guide everybody through. So you have enough energy, you're able to exercise, you're still eating protein, you're losing body fat. I mean, and then it's just been crazy that these people have really been able to keep the weight loss off. And that's a really big deal too. So in the beginning, it seems like just because you had so much experience dealing with various weight loss treatments in your life, you're kind of waiting for a catch or something with semaglutide, but it seems like it's not just a, a new fad. Like it could be really like a whole new era of medicine. Yeah. I mean, pulsed in low doses, it really can be part of anybody's routine as their over 50, especially. Because as we get older, our body begins to store fat more easily, right? It's in women, especially it's looking for estrogen. In men, it's all accumulating in the in the torso. That's very detrimental for your heart, for your cardiovascular system. And if we are dosing at very low doses, and remember, we're talking about semi-glutide, which is the compounded version of Ozempic, which is what you might have heard of in, you know, in the mainstream, those doses, when you get Ozempic from a pharmacist, those doses are higher than what we're using. We can use lower doses when we compound it and we can get some of those same effects. Like we can get blood sugar and lowering effects. We can get better metabolism effects that will help protect the cardiovascular system and still be able to exercise and still be able to carry on life. Um, and in the end, that's going to make us healthier, especially as we age. Um, so there's been so many other ways to, to utilize semaglutide. And 
that's another reason I think it's it's here to stay, um, especially because one of the biggest things is just not craving anything. And I mean, when I mean anything, I mean, I have some patients that food dominated their entire day, their entire life. Like, what am I going to eat today? I don't know if I should eat that. Is that going to be okay? But, you know, it's almost an eating disorder or an orthorexia or something of that nature. Um, all of a sudden, they feel the free space. They're like, I don't, I feel like I've been released. And that makes me so happy for them. Um, the other thing is not drinking alcohol. I have some patients who drank alcohol literally every night to the amounts that were super unhealthy. And they're like, yeah, I'm just not, I don't need that. I, I really don't crave it. Also quitting cigarettes. I mean, these are things that you, I had no idea we were going to get to this level. And if you um, look at some of the research, they're really using semi-glutide for addictive behaviors, especially alcoholism. So it has some really, really great indications for the future other than, you know, kind of what we're seeing mm-hmm. in the weight loss world. Yeah. So the really positive things about it that separate it from all the other weight loss treatments and fads that there have been is like, you you still maintain like basic health, like you're not mm-hmm. malnourished or like tired because you're not eating enough or just taking stimulants. And mm-hmm. then you're like it's working to improve the functioning of your your liver and your cardiovascular system. It's not like shedding muscle and good things and throwing everything out of whack. Right. Exactly. And it's like helping you the way that you see food because a lot of other diets do the exact opposite and just make it worse. Yeah. Create more of an obsession. Mm-hmm. I mean, every, it's not rose colored glasses. Mm-hmm. Partially, I do see when people are like, okay, I'm at my goal weight and I'm like, okay, it's time to wean this down. It's time to, you know, get back to where we're not using it anymore. There's a little bit of fear there. And that's understandable because you know, if you've been using this for three months or six months and you had a very difficult time losing weight, now you're at this goal weight that you may not have seen for the past 20 years, 25 years, 30 years even, you're afraid, you know, you're going to gain this back. So we will take down your dosage into this tapering mode. And then we will use this ma- a maintenance dose, which is very low, um, and then slowly wean you off. And I know that people are nervous about that, but I really haven't seen a, a, a weight gain in any of my patients back to where they started. I've seen, you know, eventually a couple of pounds, maybe three pounds, four pounds, but nothing that they're back to the beginning. And I also haven't seen the return of inflammation. Inflammation is the other thing that people see right away, decreased inflammation right away when they start using semaglutide, pretty much within the first month. And how is that measured or felt? So I always measure labs ahead of time, especially for my patients, I'm trying to lower their blood sugar levels. So I'm looking at their hemoglobin A1C, their fasting glucose, their lipids. I also look at something called CRP, which talks about body-wide inflammation, specifically in the blood vessels, but it also can be reflective of inflammation in general. And so I'll measure this in the beginning, and then I'll measure it at three months, and then I'll measure it at six months, and sometimes at a year, depending on what's going on with this patient. 
every single time I see those numbers decrease. We all know that changing your diet to an anti-inflammatory diet, less preservatives, less sugar, less alcohol, all those things will help your inflammation and decrease your pain. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to do that, right? So we give you semaglutide. You will stop eating and drinking those items just because you're not craving them anymore. Face it, most of those items are quote, craving type items. So now not only are you not eating and drinking those items, but the semi-glutide is also helping increase in insulin and metabolism. So now you have less aches and pains. And I have absolutely seen this in most of my, in my patients, a lot of patients have seen that. Okay. So I guess, yeah, one of the big like skepticisms about semi-glutide was it's so new and there wasn't a lot of people that had been taking it for a long time. So the mm-hmm. long-term effects were not clearly known. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, what have you seen from people, like the people that started it the earliest with you, like even over a year down the line, what do you see with them? So I would say, first of all, side effects are different than long-term effects, right? Mm-hmm. So side effects we'll see more in the beginning. As yeah. you start ramping up doses, which I'm able to usually manage with diglyceride licorice or DGL, you know, being on something like that on a regular basis stops any, maybe some nausea or some reflux you might get with semaglutide. But as long as we are managing the dosages and eating the proper foods and getting exercise and doing all drinking enough water then we don't see any long-term negative effects. But I will tell you, I've seen some long-term negative effects. And guess what? They haven't been from my semi-glutide patients. They've been from patients who have come to me or see me perhaps just for hormone replacement, but are still also seeing other primary care or other providers who have been able to prescribe them Ozempic. Now, remember Ozempic, or will go the only come in certain doses, like I said. So they're taking these particular doses. So they're taking probably higher doses over long-term effect and they are not being managed. So when you're in my office, I'm managing you. I'm seeing you monthly, if not more often than that. Our, Our medical assistants are calling you weekly. So we're managing, we're making sure you're drinking enough water. We're making sure you're eating enough. So these patients came in, both of them with major kidney issues which is a long-term effect. The kidney function is decreased. So we had to pull them off their Ozempic. We had to get their kidneys back happy again, get lots of hydration and have them do a few other things. And then they're able to start again, but I made them use semaglutide. Um, So that's a risk if you're taking basically too much and you're not like properly hydrating. Yeah. Even if you're using semaglutide and you're not properly hydrating, your kidneys will definitely suffer. The other thing is, you know, one of the criticisms of long-term with Ozempic anyway is something called gastroparesis, which is where basically your intestinal, your gut is not working, specifically your stomach. And it basically vomit, diarrhea, basically shuts down. Um, Then I have had this happen in at least one patient, probably two patients. And that, it really wasn't even a long-term effect. It was more like a three to four or five month effect. But 
you know, this, and this particular responsible semi-glutide. This use, was, yes. With? So this was under my care okay. and I saw it because those particular patients were still incorporating quite a bit of sugar, quite a bit of okay. soda pop, things like that, where it's like, Oh, you can't do that. Don't do that. You know? Um, so, so for you and your experience, the people that are carefully working with you to make sure that they're managing everything and eating properly mm -hmm. and behaving properly on semiglutide, they've all been okay. Yeah. Following the guidelines, I've not seen a problem. In fact, we had on one of our earlier episodes, we interviewed uh, Melissa mm -hmm. and she's still not using semaglutide anymore and still doing great, still at that same weight. And it's been uh, almost two years. Do, do they find that the psychological effects remain? Yeah. Yes. Which is crazy. So is I that mean, just like a neurological rewiring and then mm -hmm. it just stays there? Yeah. Like I said, are definitely those that are like, okay, all I can do is think about food and, you know, it's that kind of thing. But when you do a particular behavior or you do something for 30 days, 60 mm -hmm. days consistently, you can rewire your brain. Mm -hmm. You can change the neurological firing. You can change those connections. And that's what's amazing about our brain. So I feel like if we can keep somebody on board for three months, six months with healthy eating behaviors and exercising behaviors and just, and, and portion control. That's the bigger thing. That's a really big deal because when you're on, you know, when you're on semaglutide, you're not as hungry basically, mm -hmm. or you feel satisfied sooner because the digestion is slowed down. And, you know, even when they're off of it, they're like, you know, I, now I'm always sharing my meal and I'm just going to keep sharing my meal, mm -hmm. you know? So it builds new habits. Yeah. But is it your goal to get everyone off? Like, do you see it as a temporary treatment? Not everyone. I have a few patients that were taking it because they wanted to lose weight, but also had elevated hemoglobin A1C. And for those patients, they may be on a low dose on and off, which I, I call pulsing a low dose for as long as we need it. But even do. some of those biological markers, like you mentioned earlier, those stick even after people come off. I, well, to be honest, remember, I've seen it's been almost just a couple of years. So yeah. in two years, ask me, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I. But so far, months <laughs> after some of those so biological far, months markers. Of, yes. Say, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, and the other thing, too, that I see because I'm so mind body at my core, right, is, gosh, as soon as somebody even loses, you know, 10 pounds of a 30 pounds that she, he or she has put on over the last 10 to 15 years as they've gotten older. Wow. There's just like this light that goes on in their eyes. It's kind of like this, I can do this. You know, I, I feel so good about myself and, you know, I don't feel uncomfortable when I'm sitting down in my pants and, you know, I can walk around the block and not get winded. I can play with my kids and not get winded. It's like this whole world opens up and their self-esteem soars, their relationships get better. Everything improves. It's crazy. I love it. And it's, it's, it affects their entire life. On a kind of like philosophical level, though, it kind of seems like still in the 
zone of too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Like, can there actually be a medication that is this good? <laughs> like, it seems like th- there's there there's always trade offs, mm-hmm. and there's never a substitute for just basic eating well and exercising and yeah, going doing it the hard way. Well, yeah, I mean. I like that you said that doing it the hard way. Like it's, it's like, it's so hard to eat healthfully and exercise. And it is, but I don't think it's a cop out. Well, I guess it's not necessarily, is it a cop out? It's just the thing I worry about is that we're going to discover some major side effects down the line. Yeah. Some major issue with it. Yeah. And you know what? I don't know. I mean, will we, we might. But here's the thing to keep in mind, too, is as we look forward to things, I I guess we can call it medications, but semaglutide falls in a different category because it's a peptide, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's kind of like we're at the we're almost like we're at the invention of antibiotics. It's like a point in history that we're at. Yes. It's a new class of medicine. Yes. A new class, like a new overriding theme. But the it, but the cool thing about the peptide world is that we're taking pieces of protein that your body recognizes. It's kind of like it's, it's like bioidentical hormone replacement. Mm-hmm. It's it's very similar. You're taking something that your body's like, "Oh, I know what that is. I have receptors for that. I can do that." And we know it because everybody's different. Like you have a different number of GLP-1 receptors than I have. And we all have different numbers. That's why the dosing is so individualized. That's why some patients feel great at 15 units and some patients need 50 units. And it's so individualized. And I think that's really important. Um, and that, I, That's I, an indication of the kind of treatment it is. Yeah, I think so. It's a lot more tailored to the individual, but it's a way of working with their body or helping their body versus like imposing something onto it. Yeah. Working with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead of against it, basically. Okay. So then just going a little bit beyond semi-glutide, because we Mm -hmm. also talked about the other peptides that have arisen recently. And it seems like there's almost like one for anything. There's there's a lot of choices. Um, so what have you seen with the other ones beyond semaglutide? Well, I mean, we had a really good episode with Ryan Bell from Avexius, and he went through a lot of different peptides. And unfortunately, since then, the FDA has pulled the reins back on several of our very important peptides that I had used in my practice that made a lot of difference for patients. One of the most important peptides that is no longer available to us was the BPC-157. That was the peptide we used for gut recovery and gut health. And I had several patients taking it who had serious colitis, serious IBS, a lot of things going on with their gut. And as soon as we used BPC-157, they were better. I mean, they were people that had had diarrhea all the time or constipation all the time or lots of pain. And now 
just better. Um, and it, I assume, tried a lot of other stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, we we had tried, you know, I had tried all the things in my arsenal and they'd been to other physicians and they'd tried a lot of pharmaceuticals and we'd done a lot, almost everything that we thought or I thought would work. And now, you know, they're at a point where we have to, tr- we have to kind of go backwards. We have to go back and, and find what might work work now so you really just can't use that at all anymore we can't it's get gone. it it's you can't illegal. you it's yeah you can't buy it it's just so 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 frustrating to me they've made it illegal for several of them to be formulated at this point and i believe that you know they're using their abilities to stop the formulation perhaps b- because of their concerns of impurities or what have you mm-hmm. but that, that, that's their official yeah statement about mm-hmm. it is that they're worried about peptide related impurities and and then they also say and, and we lack sufficient information to know whether this drug would cause harm so i mean it's new and that makes sense that it, you know you don't know what all the effects are going to be at the beginning and then also like it is kind of a weird wild west zone when you start talking about like all these compound pharmacies mm-hmm. and alternative medicine stuff. It so is. It's hard to know what what you're getting. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there are some dangerous impure, you know, peptide formulations, especially when it gets so popular so fast. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm actually um, encouraged by the fact that people are willing to try some things that are new, I hope that they go to providers that are reputable. So I do agree on one end with the FDA, because I'm sure there were, you could have Googled BPC-157, you know, six months ago and found it online and goodness knows where it's coming from. So I do believe there's going to have to be some sort of regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope that they hurry up and figure yeah. it out. Well, I mean, but it doesn't change the fact that you had people that finally found the answer yeah. to their IBS and now it's just been taken away. So yeah. what, what did that feel like for them? Yeah, I mean, they were there. They are still desperately finding other things. The CJC, Ipamorlin that I combination that we had discussed for muscle building and growth hormone stimulation, mm-hmm. they, that's been also pulled. Now on the positive side, um, semi-glutide still around, tiraceptide still around. The tiraceptide is the peptide related to Mongero, which is the pharmaceutical, which is also a, a G, GLP-1 agonist, and it does some other things as well, but it's, it's in the same family. So those are still available. Thank goodness we can still use those. Still using the, BP, the PT-141, which was about libido and a little bit about sexual function, helping both in men and women, um, and kispeptin. So those are a couple of those peptides that are still available. So now we have to kind of just regroup and Mm -hmm. see what's out there that we like to use. Okay. So that's peptides. We, We can touch on a couple other things that we talked about this year, including CBD. Yes. You know, we talked to Jessica at Birdie Collection about her company, her CBD company. And I have used, oh, I am so happy. One of the things she mentioned to us when I interviewed her was how she used CBD as a daily dose. And she used it for her lupus and inflammation as a result of the lupus and the pain. And I had used CBD, but I hadn't really dosed it on a regular basis for that. I'd used it for sleep and, and, and decreasing anxiety. Or just as needed. And That's yeah, just as it. needed. Yeah, for, for my patients. 
And so it came after talking with Jessica and coming back, I have now used that with several of my pain patients, joint pain, muscle pain, all those things, and really encouraged them to use it on a daily basis. And we were using, and we've been using her products. That's the other thing that I really noticed was that the delivery system of the of the oil of the drops and the oil seemed to absorb better. And I did find that people felt that was a little more effective. As opposed to capsules as opposed to capsules, but everybody's different. You know, you have to find the delivery system that works for you. But I would say the number one thing I took away and have been practicing since talking with Jessica was daily dosing of the CBD for joint pain and muscle pain and not just using it as needed. Not that it's good. It's not good as it is good as needed, but if you use it as a, on a daily basis, I think it really decreases inflammation. So clinical pearl from what I've seen since doing our interview. And then another episode, we had magnesium. Yes. So it was interesting when we talked with Patrick at Jigsaw Health, he talked about a lot of other, a lot of his other products besides his mm-hmm. SRT, which of course is my favorite. I mm-hmm. still prescribe it all the time. But um, he also talked a lot about his adrenal cocktail and also just the magnesium glycinate and some of those other products. So I've really been expanding magnesium glycinate as a powder at night for sleep and noticed that a lot of people have done really well on that. But I did expand probably from mag SRT Mm. to using some of the glycinate and also using adrenal cortex and some of those electrolytes really to help with energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a major takeaway from that too was like taking supplements, shopping for supplements it's just so important to know where it's coming from. Same thing with the, with CBD. Yeah, exactly. Jessica, because she talked a lot about how they grow their plants. Yes. The soil, all that. I mean, it's just, it, it really makes a huge difference. Yeah. Whether you have a cheap version of a supplement, which is oftentimes literally not even what it says it is. Exactly. It's been proven in many studies mm-hmm. versus a really reputable company that you know it's very high quality. Yeah. Finally, we had recorded a couple of my presentations I made this year at the Flourish event. And I love presenting at that event. It's a lot of up-and-coming entrepreneurial women, and it's kind of my jam. It's super fun. I presented Hormones 101 and also Sex, Libido, and Relationships. So we recorded those and put them up on the podcast so that you could listen to those. I love the Hormones 101. If you have a friend or somebody that's been wondering about hormone replacement or wondering if they need hormones or what's the deal with hormones or why don't I feel like myself anymore in my 40s? It's a good one probably to point them to. If you're local and in in Arizona, in February, we're going to be doing this really fun, you know, girls night out. And we plan to do it several more times, dinner, wine, chocolate, hormones, nutrition, exercise, kind of the whole gambit in an evening, you know, just basically practical tips for after 40. Like, what the heck is going on with me and how can I change it or how can I tweak it or what's the deal? So listen to the Hormones 101 and then um, check in to see when I'm going to be presenting that that mm-hmm. Girls Night Out program. Yeah, because you really like being in person with people. So yeah, people like the podcast in there. I mean, anywhere I, near us in Phoenix, 
you would love to see them in person. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, it's fun talking to you, mm. but you know, <laughs> I like, I kind of like talking to the women too, Anthony. <laughs> okay. Do you have any thoughts just on in general, like closing the year, going into a new year? Yeah. I'm always like, I don't know about you all, but the end of the year is, is like, it seems, seems kind of like cliche, you know, okay, it's the end of the year, you know, um, and we have to get ready to do our new year's resolutions, but it is, it is a logical place to reflect and think about what's next. And I do love that. I mean, I'm definitely a goal setter by nature and a dreamer, definitely a dreamer by nature. So I think that's fun. Um, but I, I do need to kind of stop and look backwards back for a second. So if you're in the mood to take a minute and look back, I always encourage you to look back at, you know, what are you proud of? What, what, what are you proud of in just this last year span? Cause I'm sure there is something. I know there is something. And you know, what, what progress have you made? When patients come in to see me, they'll be like, yeah, I'm still tired. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, let's look at your treatment sheet. There was like eight things that were listed there when you first came to see me. You know, you, you were bloated and you were tired and you had vaginal dryness or you had no libido or you were, you couldn't sleep or, and, uh, maybe you had incontinence or you had all these things listed out. And now you look back and there's just one thing left. I'm a little bit tired. Okay. So look at all the progress that you made. So this is the time to kind of go back and, and do that. What are you proud of and what progress have you made? And, um, and then you can look forward. So it's, it's, it's really easy to just, when you get better, you just instantly accept this is just baseline and then you forget how much worse you were before and then anything that any little thing that comes up now that's just the problem and you still have a problem and you're still unhappy exactly mm -hmm. so how would you uh how would you define your progress and what you're proud of over the last year anthony i guess i fulfilled like a a long time goal of living outside the us mhm mm I did some podcasts and stories that I'm proud of, and mm -hmm. I liked doing the, this podcast with you, mm -hmm. increasing our audience and continuing to to improve it. I did a long hike in Peru. <laughs> no, I think the main thing is traveling because yeah. I went to so many different countries. And so mm -hmm. I'll always have that experience and the, the ideas and perspectives that I got from that. Yeah. I mean, you set a goal, you achieve a goal, you got to take a minute to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's really important. And I learned Spanish. Okay. Well, there's something. Mm -hmm. You conversed with people. That was a long time challenge. <laughs> Took a little while. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, and then I think that for next year, you know, what's going to help you move forward? What's going to help you connect more? What's going to help, um, help you discover more of yourself? I mean, I think that's always what I look forward into, to the next year about like, what's that thing or what's that, you know, for you, for you, maybe previous years was, I want to, I want to live out of the country and I want to learn how to speak Spanish and I want to do all those things. I want to climb Machu Picchu. And so you did all those things. So now's the time to look forward to what's, what's next on your list. Um, 
what was always next on my list was I always wanted to run um, a women's retreat. That was something I always wanted to do was on my professional bucket list. And that's happening in 2024. So if anybody's interested in that, obviously they can, you know, get in touch with me, but it's just really that retreat's going to be all about, you know, relax, rejuvenate and reconnect. You know, that's what it's always about because at whatever age we are, and especially as we get older, we have to stop and just decide, okay, what's my next move and how do I get there? And that's kind of what this retreat's going to be about. So I'm really excited about it. So hopefully whatever it is you all are proud of and all the progress you made last year, congratulations. That's awesome. And then whatever it is you're looking forward to in 2024, um, I, I hope you achieve that and I hope you have fun doing it. Also, just a little heads up, the next couple of episodes, one in particular will be on gut health because when I asked all you all about what you want to know more about. I had three or four responses say, I want to know more about my gut health. So we're going to talk about that. And then we do also have our first guest, which is going to be um, a really important person who I'm not even going to tell you who it is right now, but she's going to be involved with me on um, some of our women's nights out, girls night out and on the retreat. She will be talking specifically about nutrition over 40. So stay tuned.